Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care, and God bless. Prior to today's text, Palm Sunday had occurred, which had to be awesome and cool on so many levels. Finally, someone is on our side. Finally, someone is going to give us the kind of life we deserve, the kind of life we desire. After all, those in power have been holding us down and back for generations. Thanks be to God for finally sending us the one who will give us a better life now. Can you imagine the excitement? Can you imagine how much they wanted to call or text or Instagram or post about this life-altering event if only they had iPhones at the time? Here comes Jesus into Jerusalem. Everyone is shouting, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Wish you were here. Hashtag Jesus totally rocks. Not long after Palm Sunday, a bunch of people came to be with Jesus. Not long after. They were ushered into his presence, and frankly, the tone and the tenor of Jesus and everything within changes. Here's what I mean. We go from Jesus on a donkey, not saying anything, but taking all the applause and the love. All the people were either thinking or at least hoping that Jesus was literally their knight in shining armor. A while later, Jesus says, I'm going to leave you. You're going to what? Wait a minute. Isn't this the one who was riding into our lives to save us, to give us a new life? Well, the truth is yes, but not the kind of life you think. Not long after, Jesus is with his disciples, and he decides to wash their feet. As all the pastors and Tim Graff know, this is off-putting. I don't like feet, especially feet that are attached to other people. Not going to go there. We're never having that here as long as I'm senior pastor. Not going to happen. But Jesus is better than I am. And he did it not because their feet were dirty. He did it to convey once and for all, those who follow Jesus serve others. Those who follow Jesus are humble, even Jesus. At the end of the evening, before the disciples summon their Uber or their Lyft, Jesus up and says, oh yeah, one more thing before you head home? We've had a good time here, but one of you will betray me. Now, of course, the first thing that everyone does, they all said, I would never do such a thing. I would never do such a thing. And once everyone said that enough to be convincing, they probably started to look around the room and they wondered who looks guilty and ashamed. I think it's him, or I think it's him, probably not him, but I got my eye on you. After what had to be a pregnant and uncomfortable pause, good old Simon Peter, the one who always brought an apple to the teacher, the one who always raised his hand even though the question was not fully asked, Simon Peter says, well, who is it? Jesus answered, who is it? Yeah, I, I mean, we would like to know. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, the one who will betray me is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread. 
What happens next, by the way, is really cool and also a theological masterpiece because Jesus takes a piece of bread and he think, I think he dips into the wine and then he hands it to Judas, who is the one who will shortly betray Jesus. But notice, Jesus identifies the one who will betray him with, of all things, bread and wine. This guy always has everything figured out. This is my body given for you. This is the blood shed for you. He hasn't even instituted all this stuff yet. Before anyone had a chance to say anything, Jesus summarily looks at Judas and says, go, just go, just go, and do what you're gonna do. As soon as Judas had left the building, Jesus says to those who remained, all right, since the clock is ticking, this you need to know before I leave the earth. I'm gonna give you a new commandment. I want this to guide your heart and your mind, love one another just as I loved you. Got it? Yep. Yes, we do. Good. Now, before I get where I'm hoping to go today, we need one more Simon Peter foot-in-mouth moment. After Jesus said that, I give you a new commandment. This is all you need to know. Instead of focusing on the importance of the new commandment, Simon Peter up and says, say, you said you were going somewhere. Can I come along? Uh, uh, no, you can't come where I'm going. Well, why can't I follow you? I really, 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 really want to go with you. Really, the answer is no. Simon Peter, because he's that guy, says, I am even willing to lay down my life for you. Jesus looks at Simon Peter and says, Very truly, I tell you, that's what Jesus always says. It sounds so good. Very truly, I tell you, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. By the way, spoiler alert, Peter did three times. Do you know him? Nope. You know him? Nope. I saw you. Nope. Not me. Someone like me. Nevertheless, when it was time to pick the head of the church, Jesus chose Peter. Apparently, Jesus is really forgiving. After all that, with everything set in motion that would eventually lead Jesus to the cross, the ever-loving and caring side of Jesus kicks in yet again, and this is what Jesus says to them and to us, do not let your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. Here's the deal, I'm gonna go prepare a place for you, a place that is perfect. Not only that, but you will live in this perfect place forever. In light of all that and some stuff I didn't have time to cover, here are two things I think I think. And here's one thing I know for sure. The sermon hasn't even really started. Here we go. Fun. A place for all. Point number one, what a friend we have in Jesus. You know the song, we could sing that too. A friend is someone who knows all about you and still loves you. Piglet sidled up to Pooh from behind. Pooh, he whispered. Yes, Piglet, nothing, said Piglet, taking Pooh's paw. I just wanted to be sure of you. Huh? That's good with your spouse. That's good with your kids. That's good with your friends. 
as good with animals, that's good with your Lord and Savior. I just wanted to be sure of you, my dear friend. I would rather walk with a friend in the dark than alone in the light. In case you don't remember, this means much more when the person who said this was actually blind in sight. Here's what the dearest of friends Jesus did. Jesus knew that he was going to be killed. Jesus told those who would benefit from knowing that he's going to die. That's why I started the way. Everything that Jesus ever does is systemic. That if you read one thing and you don't read before and you don't read after, you're missing the play. That Jesus knew, but it didn't just happen. And then before Jesus makes his way to the cross, Jesus says for all to know, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, which is to say, we have you. God and I have you. We are working on a plan that will save you from your sins. Because I'm willing to die for you, your sins will not be held against you. So really, Jesus is our best friend and our savior too. Point number two, my father's house has many rooms, I've heard, and I heard some people think it's really, 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 really big. I hope so. So many things in life are limited and conditional and only available for a select few. You can figure that out in your own head. There's a couple sermons there, right? As long as supplies last. How many times do you go somewhere? Oh, you should have been here yesterday. It was the greatest sale ever. People love them, and you'll never have one. But come back again some other time. Not true with the love of Jesus. Jesus is always there. The love of Jesus is never out of stock. Jesus will never say, gee, you should have been here yesterday. Jesus always has a place in his heart for everyone, all the time. So why does it seem so straightforward? Because it is. Even though it's very straightforward, it's amazing how we forget these elementary things. So last week, if you weren't here, or you're living under a rock, and you're tied to St. Andrew, you know it was farewell to Pastor Gail, a dear colleague to all of us, a dear, dear, dear friend to me. And the thing is, when you, when you listen, and I'm really glad that when I'm not talking, I'm actually listening, and I hear my colleagues, and I get to hear the gospel. One of the hard parts about being someone with your mouth open and you preach is sometimes you, you, you don't sit and you don't listen. And Pastor Gail had a little partner sermon that I thought was really, really, really good for me, but then I also thought, hey, you're taking my stuff. We do that when we have a, a particular theme and somebody kind of goes a little bit over, you know, and if you have one of those newer cars that you go over the white line and, go, and the steering wheel, yeah, we have that too. We're like, knock it off. But she had a really, really wonderful thing where she showed a bag that she had from the kids and there was a place for all. And she said that and I thought, well, that's what I'm talking about. And I didn't ask her permission 
to do this, so I hope she gets mad and she drives from her lake home and comes and sees me this week because I miss her. It'd be nice to see her, but, you know, bring it on, Pastor Gail. I'm going to show the clip anyway. Anna, roll the footage. During chapel time this week, the children in our childcare gave me this gift. Inside that heart and spread around the cross are fingerprints. They're fingerprints of every child in our childcare. This is what being in God's family looks like through the eyes of a child. And if you ask me, I think it looks pretty good. Every fingerprint is different. We know that no two children are ever exactly alike. Children rarely see things the same way as their friends do, or as their parents do, or as their teachers do. And sometimes, somebody isn't always so nice to them. And so then, at least for a moment, they aren't so sure that they like them. But their desire to be friends and to get along is stronger than their desire to be apart. Every child has their own place inside that heart. Some are upside down. Some are way up high. Some are way down low. Some are by a best friend. And some are by another child that they know. But they all found themselves a place inside that heart. And finally, no one is left out. You don't see a single print outside of that heart. Not a single child thought that they belonged outside that heart. Their home was on the inside. So again, Pastor Gail, if you have a problem with this, give me a call. But this spoke to me because I'm just a human being and I'm just a disciple of Christ, just like you are. And everyone, there's a place for everyone. There are a lot of different sermons about how welcoming we are, about how inclusive we are, about how everyone should be able to go everywhere. And when we say here at St. Andrew, when we say the word all, we mean all. Try not to be complicated about it. All means all. And there are a lot of nuances in life, but I love this because there is a place for all in this world, but also Jesus is very, very open-ended about how big heaven is and who gets there. In one of Jim Gaffigan's bits, he says, there are two words that you are not allowed to say in heaven. Anyone hazard a guess? I don't know, I don't, I don't think I want to open it up to comments. There are two words that are not allowed in heaven, and they are, you're here. Do you know how profound that is? No, do you know how profound that is? Do you know how absolutely profound that is? That how many people have proselytized for generations that they are absolutely sure that him, her, them, they, you, those Christians, those who don't believe this will not be there. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. This is gospel. You and I will be very surprised, very, very, very surprised when we get to heaven.
and you're not allowed to say you're here because some people might look at you and say the same thing. And the only reason that you and I are there is not because we belong to St. Andrew or went to confirmation or were baptized, but Jesus Christ died for us and somehow grafted faith onto our hearts. But I'll end this by saying, if we can't think that there, we ought not think that here. Capiche? Jesus said when you throw a party, invite the people who can't invite you back, not the people who pay your salary or can network you. Jesus said, everyone who comes, especially the children, let them come to me. Point number three, Jesus said, I will come back and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. But I think it's interesting about Christians and we have our own gaffes. It's amazing when you take this and the promise. I said a sermon in my last congregation about Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, I'll be back, you know. He said 56 words in the first first movie and he got millions of dollars. How, how many words will I speak in this sermon? And it's not even close to 15 million. New agent I need. But then other people will look at this and say, well, I wonder how he's going to come back. And then where is Jesus going to land? And then is Jesus going to be ticked? And what's going to be the countenance of Jesus? And I'm thinking... Boy, forest, trees. Look at that sentence. And you tell me what we should focus on. It's not when, it's not how, it's the fact so that where I am, there you may be also. It's amazing how human beings can take that entire sentence and find the part of the construction then say, well, I don't think it means you, I don't think it means you, and I don't know how. No, it's going to be. You're going to hang with me. If I was one of the singing pastors, I could sing, but I'm not, because I think this is going okay. I don't want to ruin it. But I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes would see when your face is before me. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance? Will I stand? Or to my knees will I fall? Mercy me, perhaps you've heard it, but you also perhaps watched the movie that Bart wrote this and Amy Grant was going to sing it because they didn't know who in the world Bart was. Who's Bart? I know who knows who Bart is. Amy Grant? Oh, I have her singing. And at least according to the movie, right before she was going to record it, I think actually because she's a grand lady and also loves Jesus, she's like, nope, you wrote it. You should sing it. For what it's worth, <laughs> it made Bart and Mercy Me what they are. But if you know the song, it resonates because... Don't you wonder? Don't you think about it? Here's what I believe and here's what I trust in and here's what someday we won't have to imagine. 
We get to be in the presence of Jesus someday when we breathe our last. We get to say, Jesus, can I have a hug? Huh? Are you telling me, are you really gonna look at me and say you've never thought about coming into heaven, whatever it is, and you see Jesus, whatever you think Jesus looks like. And by the way, <laughs> he wasn't close to being Norwegian, so he's not gonna look like this. Everything you bought at Augsburg Publishing House, it looks, no. But you will know. How will you know? Because you're gonna know. And you're gonna say, can I please have a hug? And Jesus will say, sure, my child, come here. Say before you go running off, and I know God would like to say, hey, there's more. Where's God? I'll go walk that way. And then we get to see our loved ones who reside in heaven. Huh? You feel me? That's what this passage is about. That's what the entire ministry of Jesus is about, to forgive our sins because we can't do enough to earn it, and so it was taken care of, and then Jesus said, I'll share my victory, and you know what? Someday you're gonna reside with me. So in heaven, we get to see our mom and her dad. I'm just gonna pause, because you know what? I get to see my mama. Go ahead and fire me. If I see Jesus and my mama, I'm gonna think about it. Because I miss her so much. And Jesus will say, okay, go ahead. Who are you gonna see? Your spouse? Child? Let's get real. Children? Let's get real. Grandchild? Grandchildren? Grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncles, friends, pets, all of whom we can't wait to embrace. All because Jesus loves us enough to say, I'll prepare a place. I'll take care of it. And all you have to do is absolutely nothing. And then you get to see. And that's the but. Here's the greatest thing about this, unlike the best times of our life here on earth that passed by so quickly, when our college kids come home for the weekend, they are the shortest days in my life. They're gone in an instant. The bad times seem to linger, but the great times seem to just be as fast as Wonder Woman. But no need to rush, loving on all your loved ones who are now in heaven with you. By all means, when your day comes, take your time. Linger. Savor. You get to be together forever and ever and ever. What are you going to do tomorrow? The same wonderful thing we did today. How about the day after that? The day after that? The day after that. So now what? Jesus is so good to us. I can only imagine, but someday I get to be and you get to be and we get to be together. Thanks be to God and thank you, Jesus. Amen.
you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.